In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. have indeed found no proscenium the voice of everything immersive i'm your host noah nelson and welcome to episode 414 of our ongoing exploration of the immersive cosmos this week on the show you're getting no pro live from the roguelike tavern in burbank california a brisk episode that features three sets of guests Matt Bamberg-Johnson and Chris Porter of LA's The Speakeasy Society are with us to talk about Winterfest OC coming up later this month in Costa Mesa and featuring all new immersive work from the beloved LA Theater Collective. Then John McCormick, owner of the Roguelike Tavern, shares the origin story of the bar and some of the interactive and immersive attractions that are running now and will be running soon at the Roguelike. And finally, Scarlett Kim, producer of the upcoming Worlds at Play gathering at Arizona State University this January, is here with us to talk about bringing play practitioners together for a unique event and about a special opportunity and about a special opportunity with the Worlds for Change Challenge, which finds ASU offering up scholarships to their new XArts graduate degree programs at the Media and Immersive Experience Center in Mesa, Arizona, or at ASU California Center here in Los Angeles. All of this in one quick little package that was recorded live at the bar, so there's some background noise going on. And then on the other side, I'll talk to you about what I've got coming up, including speaking at the Immersive Immersive in Denver this month and at LDI in Las Vegas. And I've even got some discount codes for LDI, which is coming up at the top of December. But first... We've wrapped the Spooky Season Patreon campaign, and our final flight of backers in the campaign are Daniel Egnor, Tina Santiago Keenan, and Wavi Savi. Thank you all for jumping on the campaign. You have kept us right where we were. <laughs> When last we checked in, that's the news where we stand with the campaign. We did not hit 450 backers for this run. Uh, Got to admit that that's a, a little bit disappointing, but we are within earshot of 450 backers. Uh, if I look over here right now, we are in terms of paid backers on the Patreon as he clicks a button 434. So we're still 16 away from the 450 mark. Uh, Here's some news we got today, though. MailChimp is raising prices again. Uh, uh, even though nothing they've done of late does anything for us. So uh, that means change is a coming. What that's going to mean, I'll tell you about after this week's recording. But if you want to make sure that you're on our newsletter list, and if you'd like to keep have access, keep it, you've got it, right? Uh, if you'd like to have access to our Discord, no, no one's being 
no one's no one's being shoved off of anything right now. Okay, that's not happening. But if you want to make sure that you're on our newsletter list and have access to our Discord, the best way is to jump over to patreon.com slash no proscenium and show us a little love. If you've done that already, the best way to help us is to share the podcast or one of the articles you found useful uh, somewhere on the internet, <laughs> just anywhere, just you know, stick it around like it's graffiti uh, on your social media platform of choice. We are always no proscenium except on Instagram. Insta and on threads where we are no underscore proscenium. As always, big thanks to our sustaining backers, Samuel Mystery, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Daryl, John Boulette, Cameo Wood, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentes, Kurt Collins, Winthorne, Ryan, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hands on Lecker LeCool, the Ministry of Peculiarities, and Jan Budman. Thank you all. All. And if you're looking to help us out in, in maybe a more direct way, uh, maybe you want to make a special deal for some of our community partners, uh, let's uh, for, for our backers. Sorry, I'm halfway reading this halfway not. I'm rusty. It's been two weeks. One way or another, email me at noatnoproscenium.com. We'll work out the details in email. All right. And with that, let's get into this week's show and I'll see you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to, welcome to something we haven't done since uh, before the pandemic. This is No Persinium Live. I'm your host, Noah Nelson. Uh, we have three sets of guests here tonight at the Roguelike. Uh, tonight we're having an LA immersive meetup. There are many luminaries from the themed entertainment, the theater, the XR world. Folks have come in from uh, all parts of California for this. It's really impressive. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Noah Nelson. In our first segment tonight, we are joined by Matthew Bamberg Johnson and Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Uh, the Speakeasy Society are perennial guests on the show, but it's been a minute <laughs> since we've seen you boys. Yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, I want you sort of say hi to everybody so they can recognize your voice. All Go right. On. Hey, everyone. My name is Matthew Bamberg Johnson. I'm one of the core artistic directors of the Speakeasy Society, and I'm very happy to be here chatting with you all tonight. All right. And then Chris, who is also, uh, who does our uh, music. The theme song. Uh, my name is Chris Porter. I am an associate artistic director with the Speaking Society. I help with the writing and the music and the sound and all that good stuff. All right. Um, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm also engineering the show at the same time. So, John, you want to... What are you going to tweak? John's going to come and tweak something. Oh, the effects are already off. Yeah, no, it's uh, the magic of doing this live. Um, okay, so guys, it has been a minute since you've been scene above water. Uh, Speakeasy Society, for those who don't know, they're known for the Kansas collection, they're known for the Johnny cycle, they are they are super present on the LA scene. They also did uh, some work for Meow Wolf at Convergence Station, uh, something a lot of people don't know. Uh, and you're, you're back with something new, but where have you, where have you been? Yeah, uh, I, so, so the last original live show that we did was the culmination of the Johnny Cycle. Um, that was uh, directly pre-pandemic and uh, you know, pre-babies showing up and things of that nature. Uh, we did a couple um, COVID shows over Zoom of Ebenezer, but we've been doing a lot of for-hire work 
recently, uh, Meow Wolf, as you mentioned, we had a partnership with um, Impact Museums to try to develop a, a large-scale, long-running, immersive piece um, uh, before they sadly shut their doors. Um, uh, but, but been spending a lot of time developing work uh, with and for other people. Um, we have a partnership with a mural artist out in Philadelphia who's working right now to try to uh, create an immersive event there. Um, so it, it's been a lot of work that is not seen in the light of day yet, but we hope will eventually. But you do have something that is going to be seeing the light of day. Um, Very o soon. OC Winterfest? Yeah, yeah. Winter, Winterfest OC. So um, I got it wrong, of course. That's fine. No, don't worry about it. So uh, there is a winter carnival taking place down in Costa Mesa. Um, and it's going to be running from the day after Thanksgiving through January 7th. Um, and it, last year they had, I think, 160,000 people come through. So it's a pretty large scale event. And we were contacted by a fellow Cal Arts alum uh, named Drew Foster, who's the art director for that, uh, for that event, to help build out their narrative landscape uh, on a couple pieces that they have running there. So there is an immersive walkthrough. Uh, there's also a main stage and parade experience with Streetmosphere and kind of a Santa meet and greet photo op that then becomes uh, a meet and greet with another character after Christmas because Santa doesn't exist after Christmas. He goes home and rests. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's a very fun opportunity and definitely something on a scale that we haven't been able to do before. Uh, so, so we're excited to dive into it. It's, it's worth noting that Winterfest has been around for several years and it's been very, very popular, but they clearly thought something was missing and the answer to that was immersive theater. <laughs> uh, so we, we've been tasked to yeah. <laughs> uh, bring in uh, one area specifically that's immersive, but then also taking the main stage show and ballooning it out into an immersive kind of streetmosphere type of uh, yeah. uh, thing. So, so this, this must be like the biggest canvas in terms of number of people who are going to come through but yes. also, how, how big of a cast are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. what, what's the structure? So we're just finishing up the casting process now, uh, and we've got about 60 people uh, who were onboarding oh, for this. 60? <laughs> yeah, six, six zero? Six zero people, yeah. Okay. Which, is, which is triple the size of the largest cast that we've ever worked with before. Yep. Uh, so um, it's, it's uh, been a lot of fun. <laughs> trying to find all of that talent uh, everywhere. And it's a mixture of people who are coming from L.A. and from O.C. Um, so it's, uh, it's been nice to expand our horizons and meet new folks. And um, lots of folks who have experience in themed entertainment performance, um, uh, as well as some of our old uh, favorites from other speakeasy shows that you would recognize. Chris, you're, you're one of the core writers for the company, if not the core writer for the company. I'm wondering, you've tackled big shows before, but are you exhausted yet? <laughs> so this show is interesting, uh, the, the, the way that they have to compartmentalize it, because it's an outdoor venue, but they have tents to make it an indoor venue. So uh, even though it is a very large scope of things, uh, it's actually very compartmentalized, and this area has to do this thing, and this area has to accomplish this goal, and things like that. I, I, so as a result, a lot of what we're just writing for is the possibilities of what is a kid going to say? What is a parent going to say at any given moment? Uh, you know, if you say, hey, what's your favorite winter memory? I, a kid could say, oh, I stubbed my toe on my bed one morning, and you have to roll with that. So, like, trying to, to find a way to write around those improvised beats but still have it tie back into meaningful things uh, is really what the challenge is. 
but we settled oh go ahead no I was gonna say one of the asks that the production company had uh, PSQ Productions who who is uh, producing the event and they do a lot of um, kind of city celebrations and festivals that's kind of their bag um, uh, and, this, and this event has traditional carnival rides and midway experiences and things like that alongside these immersive offerings. So the North Pole Journey is included in the ticket price for admission. Um, you can buy your meet and greet experience with Santa, et cetera, so on and so forth. But um, uh, most of what we're doing is, is a part of the core programming that they have there. Um, they wanted us to really thread the needle on an experience that was going to be accessible to very young guests, but also satisfying for older audiences. So how do we get the date night crowd to have a satisfying experience uh, in addition to pleasing that six-year-old who's going to tell weird stories about their favorite Christmas yeah. ex- experience? So uh, we took a very like Pixar approach to things, right? So how, how do you write on a level... Um, that is both satisfying to youth, but then there's some hidden nuggets in there or uh, we can coach actors on kind of a layered experience, how they could respond to an adult slightly differently than uh, to a, a young child. So, What's cool is that our experience in the past has been largely site-specific in that we build it around a space. And in this one, because of people like Drew and his team and PSQ, they're actually building a space for our narrative. Uh, we have to use some things that they had before, but we actually get to say like, what if there's a phone bank and you pick up the phone and you hear X, Y, Z? And being able to do that has been really exciting for creating the world building. Uh, For the immersive part in particular, we settled, it's called the North Pole Journey is the immersive part. Uh, And we settled on a narrative of uh, you are elves in training, learning all of the pillars of how to become an elf on your way to the North Pole. And that's very kid-friendly, but at the same time, there's definitely some elf tenants that would be great for adults to learn, like teamwork and caring and cheer. <laughs> uh, so we feel that it really does hit the board, and there's lots of photo opportunities for couples. There's lots of cute things. There's lots of uh, more adult sense of humor uh, uh, with, like, flight navigation school and stuff. Uh, so we really feel that there's a lot of opportunities in there for people to really enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the other part is that uh, with the world building, they're creating these other events like sledding hills and uh, areas where you can throw snowballs and things like that. Uh, uh, so we've been at task to build that into our lore and our mythos of saying like, oh, I remember when I went sledding down Snowball Summit and I, I, we've been given that opportunity to fold in the entire experience, even the parts we're not in control of, into what you do get to experience. So for folks who are used to your immers- version of immersive theater and you know, a lot of like hidden spaces and one-on-ones and stories that thread together. H- how much do you feel like the signature of the Speakeasy Society is is coming through, and at least what you have planned right now? Yeah. So, so just due to the nature and scale of the event, there's there's not really a lot of opportunity for one-on-ones when you've got you know 500 people an hour as your throughput. Um, uh, we are pulsing groups of of 50 people through in like seven-minute beats. Um, so subdividing tents. Um, uh, into two sections and, and when everything is full and cranking you know you're gonna have about uh, between four and five hundred people going through all of those tents at once um, what I think is going to be persistent and uh, you know hopefully really come through uh, from the work that we do normally is uh, we, we always like to design pieces where it is very clear that you are an essential part of the experience and, and you have a clear sense of your own identity and your relationship to the tasks at hand. Um, and, and I think that uh, that is something that will be preserved. And I think that that's something that's really going to stand out and be notable in contrast to some of the entertainment experiences that this 
audience is used to. Um, I think that to, to be given agency, to be uh, asked to complete tasks, to be uh, really connected with um, by characters uh, is, is gonna hopefully feel nice and refreshing. We'll also be giving audience choice points. So we'll be subdividing groups uh, at, within the tents so they can decide which of the uh, elves who are speaking about uh, various subjects they want to follow or engage with. Um, so, so choice, um, clear sense of, of purpose and role, uh, those are things that I, I think will definitely persist in this despite the scale. With the space design as well, I, I, there, there's a lot of opportunities and little quirks that kind of serve the purpose of one-on-ones. Like we've been given control of the signage, so instead of it just saying take a photo here, we'll actually put in some world building. So it means something for you to take a photo there. Mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that that we feel like uh, as a company we pride ourselves in that there's never just a wasted interaction. It's always a meaningful thing. Oh yeah, and also a sense of repeatability because you can't see or experience everything in one pass-through, so you can come back again and have a different experience. Aside from the work you guys have currently up in Convergence Station, this is going to be the most people who've seen your work kind of by a mile. And I think your name's on this to some degree. Like, yeah. uh, how nervous are you about getting this right? You know, not, not maybe as nervous as I should be, I guess. Uh, I, I, I think I, we have such an incredible team of people working on this. Um, Genevieve... Uh, Genevieve Gearhart, who is one of our other co-artistic directors, and my wife, she is um, uh, has taken kind of creative lead on this and is doing a fabulous job uh, managing the team and seeing overall narrative direction along with Chris, who is our, our head writer. Um, and we have Jenny Curtis and Claire Chappelle, who have been instrumental in our casting process and, and helping support some of the development of, of other assets around the piece. Um, Julianne just did a ton of work on the piece early on. She actually just had a baby, so she's not currently working on the piece, but congratulations to her. Understandable, and congratulations. <laughs> and, and John Henningsen has been helping to support me with yeah, budgeting and uh, all of the protoserial tasks at which he is a complete wizard. So it really is a complete engagement of our team, um, and it feels like everyone is playing to their strengths. So I, I know uh, as much as we, we never repeat as much as we never repeat the same model from show to show, uh, it works. The process works. And so I, I have faith that we're going to end up creating something that's really memorable. Well, I know a, a vast majority of the people who are in this room are going to schlep down to Orange County. <laughs> Please do. To, to, to check it out. Yeah. Uh, to give us the dates and how to find it yeah. uh, before I let you guys go back to making it. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that one more time. Tell us when, where, and oh, how. Oh, when and where, how. I was like, sell some tickets, uh, Matt. You need to sell some yeah. tickets at this so, point. So, uh, again, the the show will run from the day after Thanksgiving through January 7th. Uh, it's running just on the weekends, uh, three to four days a week for the first couple weeks, but then from uh, the week of Christmas on, it's an 18-day sprint, so uh, come on down. Um, and uh, hours of operation, I think, are between like 4 and 10 p.m., typically on weeknights, and then uh, 2 and 10 on the weekends, so plenty of opportunities to come drop in. Uh, you can check out more information at winterfestoc.com. Uh, also, follow us on our socials, uh, the speakeasysociety.com, uh, speakeasysoc on uh, Instagram, and uh, we don't really do the bird app or RIP, whatever that was. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, check it out for any show information. 
Um, and again, the, the main stage and parade and streetmosphere performances as well as the North Pole Journey walkthrough are included with your price of admission for Winterfest. Uh, and then and as a reminder, Winterfest includes food and beverage, yes. carnival rides, yeah. all sorts of tickets. You can go ice skating there if you wanted to. It's a great way We're to... We're not running the ice skating, but... It's a great way to sneak your friends who are not immersive people into an immersive experience without them realizing it. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it should be a great time. All right. Well, Matt, Chris, thanks for coming through and telling the whole bar what's going yeah, on. absolutely. Thank you all. Thank you guys. Uh, I'm going to summon the owner of the Roguelike Tavern. I'm going to summon John McCormick to the stage. And, and just so you know, I do, in fact, have everything cranked out as high as it'll go without causing feedback. So just uh, be, be aware. I'd turn it down if I could, but apparently we can't. John McCormick to the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, the owner of the Roguelike Tavern, John McCormick. Sorry. Oh, no, this one, this one. You're on this, this one. one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, I'm also running a bar in addition to doing this <laughs> interview, so. I just want to interrupt your Monday night, John. That's just a, My whole plan for this was to talk to John about comic books get him to sign up for Hoopla, and then cause chaos in his bar for about three hours. John, how am I doing so far? So far, so good, Noah. Yeah, he did, in fact, sign up for Hoopla. If you don't know Hoopla, hoopla.com. Get your uh, comic book on with your free membership uh, through your local public library. This is not an ad. This is a public service announcement. Free comic books online through your public library. Aren't you excited about that, John? I am very excited. <laughs> John, uh, the roguelike. Tell us, tell us a bit about the story of the roguelike. Oy vey. Okay, the not story that of story of the roguelike, but you know, um, the story of the bar that all these people are here and hopefully imbibing things sure. in at the moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the idea behind this establishment uh, really came from my work with the Speakeasy Society. Are they still here? Or did they already leave? No, there they are. Hey. They're shirking responsibility for a couple um, of minutes. Uh, I, I, I've been working with them for a number of years. I was new to immersive entertainment. Uh, I saw a production of, uh, it was, I believe it was called Kitchen Sugar Bullet Blank, and it was a retelling of Fefu and her friends as a dinner party in Matthew and Genevieve's backyard. And I immediately fell in love with the art form. I thought it was incredible, and I wanted to get involved however I could. Um, and they let me work the grill for a while. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was my introduction to en immersive entertainment. Uh, and in the ensuing, my God, what, eight or nine years, uh, we did some of the most amazing work I've ever been a part of. Uh, the Johnny Cycle in particular was just like unbelievable. Uh, so, so fulfilling in so many different ways. Uh, and I started to think, you know, I saw all the difficulties that we had finding venues and not only finding venues, but finding venues that understood immersive entertainment. Uh, and I started thinking, hey, might be a cool idea to have our own venue where we can do this stuff and people understand what the goal of it is and what the limitations and the constraints are. Uh, so I started working on this project um, a while back. Uh, five years ago, last week or the week before, I made an offer on this space. Uh, and three years later, or four, five years later, here we are after a pandemic and a... Thank you, guys. 
I want to point out two things. One, the first time I met John was at a bar. It was at uh, Edendale in, oh, yeah. uh, on, on Rowena in Silver Lake. And he was the check-in guy for the Speakeasy Society's The Stronger, which was the first Speakeasy Society show that I saw. And then the other thing I want to point out is that John, for a minute there, was sort of single-handedly keeping the immersive flame alive during the pandemic. Because that's, they had, they that's had, an overstatement. No, no, no. Here in Los Angeles, single-handedly, because they, they had set up these boxes you could get here at the bar and take them home and do little things. The What was and that called again? It was called the, the Spirits, Spirits of Tillinghast. We actually yeah. we, we did another run of those. Uh, we have them available again. It's a, it's a huge, it's a great time. Uh, I do want to make sure that the proper people get credit for the work that they did on that. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, um, you didn't make the, the boxes, but you were the one hosting it. Yeah, that's the, the, that's uh, the important thing. The, the, the Shine On Collective created that box. They're unbelievable creators and wonderful members of the immersive community. Um, and they did. They really did the heavy lifting on that. Um, and, and uh, yeah, as, as much as we tried to make sure that there was some sort of continuation of immersive in Los Angeles, like... It was people like them, or uh, uh, Spy Spy Brunch, or the other various companies that did stuff while we were struggling to figure out what to do when people couldn't come into the bar. Like it really, it, it, it was definitely a group effort. So, so what what do you have going on now for the immersive kids, and and what's uh, what's on the near horizon here? Okay, it's time um, to plug, John. Plug let's, away. Let's let's advertise. Um, I think probably our most. Uh, 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 our most well-known immersive thing at this point is uh, our monthly Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, it's called the Roguelike Rumbles, uh, and I like to describe it as a cross between uh, uh, WWE and Medieval Times. So <laughs> you come in, and four players are playing a, uh, a battle royale game against each other up here at the stage. Um, and the first hour of the experience is them walking around in character, talking to you, trying to garner your support because the drinks and food that you buy translate into health potions and magic items and layer actions and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, they'll, they, they try to teach you their cheer, so if, they're, if they need inspiration for a role or something, they can get their... their uh, uh, they're people to do their cheer, and that gives them either uh, an inspiration coin or advantage on a particular role. Uh, so it's it's not it may be not as um, as as involved immersively as a lot of stuff that we see in LA, but there is a very strong interactive immersive component to the night. Uh, and the longer we go on with this, uh, the more uh, characters we kind of uh, introduce to to the world uh, in an attempt to kind of really create our own mythology of of Dungeons and Dragons professional wrestling. That's basically what it is. Um, in addition to that, um, uh, uh, Spencer Williams from uh, To Walk the Night. Spencer, where hey, Spencer, are you? Spencer, stand up for Spencer, a sec. Wave you your can't arms hear us. vigorously. Yes, you, Spencer. You, there he is. Spencer and I, uh, I don't want to get too much into details because uh, things are still being worked on. Uh, but we are going to be doing uh, the next version of the Tillinghast Puzzle Box in the new year. Unlike the previous one, this is going to be an in-person event. So you guys are actually going to come in and interact with us. Um, it is still a puzzle box in a certain way. I don't want to reveal how quite yet. 
Um, but I believe Spencer uh, will be taking, if anybody's interested in, in uh, signing up for when we uh, start doing beta testing, which will be very soon, uh, we're going to have an email list for that. Uh, and we would love to see some familiar faces. Um, that one is really exciting. We've been working on that for a while. And, and I, again, I don't want to let the cat too much out of the bag, but it's going to be... It's going to be unique. I don't. I don't think that. I think I can safely say that it's something that people have not seen before. And Spencer, you've got the sign-up sheet on you tonight. Do you? He's got your phone. So, like, if you if you're interested in beta testing, Spencer is here. Spencer, stand up again. Wave your arms. Wave your hat. Or or you can check the show notes, and there will be a link to that. So those want to get on the beta test. And we'll also be adding that to the uh, roguelike website fairly soon as well. Fantastic. What else do you have under your hat or under Spencer's hat? Is the case oh my you? goodness. Um, I mean, we're always looking for, for, for more uh, immersive and interactive stuff. Uh, I do think that, you know, the, the, the pandemic and, and, the, and the ensuing hardships have kind of reset a lot of companies, unfortunately. Um, and so a lot of the larger plans that we were hoping to have uh, achieved fruition of at this point, I feel like we, we were a little bit behind on that. Um, Don't worry, everybody is. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that... that, that you know the the point being that we are here for the community. We are here to be uh, a lab if you need us to be. We are here to be a performance venue if you need us to be, um, and we will like we will make it work. Basically, like we have all sorts of different ways that we can structure deals, and you know I I I, I understand the limitations and 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 everything of of, of the industry. So. We really do want to work with creators to make this an ongoing uh, uh, experimental space in a lot of ways. And, and John's not just saying this. I've watched this over the past few years. He puts his money, meaning the bar, where his mouth is. And he's invited people in to beta test. He's invited full shows in. Uh, some of the folks here tonight have worked with John in that capacity. So if you're, if you're cooking something or interested in cooking something, really, like approach John yeah, tonight. Yeah, get in touch. Stop him from doing his job and pitch him your entire show. Right? That's what you just asked for, John? Also, buy stuff. <laughs> There's always that. All right. John's going to get back to the bar and keep on slinging drinks. John McCormick, everybody. Uh, before I do, however, yes. I do just want to say thank you to everybody uh, who's come out tonight. And Noah, as well, thank you to you. Um, this has been a, I mean, it's been a very difficult time for everybody. And the fact that the Roguelike Tavern is still here is a testament to the, uh, uh, to the wonderful community that we've built here. And all of you guys are a part of that. And I really, really, really appreciate it. Cheers to that. Last but not least tonight, our final guest for the podcast is Scarlett Kim. Scarlett, uh, who I've, I've known since, uh, first time I saw Scarlett was, uh, was it, I think it was Tramp Stamp Grannies, you were doing a jukebox, uh, a jukebox show. Get, get uh, much, much like, uh, you know, red couches, red leather couches, right? Yeah. Bar in Hollywood. You're going you're gonna to be all over this mic, trust me on this one. Um, so Scarlett, you're, you're working on a couple of interesting projects right now. Uh, some of which might involve resources for people who are in the room uh, and uh, some opportunities uh, to connect to a wider world of gaming. So yeah. tell us what you got cooking. Hi, everyone. I'm Scarlett. Um, I, hey! It's so exciting to be back in L.A. I just completed my time at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, starting up an immersive and XR department. And now I'm loving working on projects at the intersection of live performance, XR, and participatory forms. 
So the project that Noah has been really championing and supporting is a new gathering called Worlds in Play, hosted by ASU Mix Center. So this is a basically a playground of all things transmedia. It's it's kind of a sandbox of you name it, volumetric, mocap, uh, a room full of scent design, um, all kinds of stuff. In, Tabletop in, role-playing in, games, I think, <laughs> is part of the mix. In, in, in Mesa, Arizona. So we are hosting a gathering of play practitioners, which is a word term I'm trying to get going, play practitioners, game and theater practitioners, exploring agency and storytelling and experience. So we're inviting alternate reality game practitioners, experimental LARPs, tabletop role-playing. I literally just saw know, someone, I'm like, oh, and, oh, have I connected her to so and so? I'll, <laughs> I'll do that afterwards, sorry, just remind me. <laughs> remind me. And, and, and on and on. So really, like, you know, XR theater, uh, theater of the press, documentary theater, game as activism. So really an exciting developmental space we're thinking of it as a kind of a collective studio visit of participatory practices of all kinds. We're programming it right now, so I would love to talk to you at this very room, in this very event, if you're interested in contributing something. And for those who don't know, uh, ASU, Arizona State University, you know, they were our hosts for the next stage back in June, and they, they pretty much have their finger... Raise your hand if you've done something at or with ASU and you're in this room, right? So like, there's there's a number of people who've done stuff with ASU. They're they're all over the place. They got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Like in a way which I was like almost like shocked by when we first started getting involved with them. And this one is part of the brainchild of Jake Pinholster out there at the Mix Center. Yes. And Jake is a massive champion. He's of this stuff. He's a he's a theater person turned tech person who's trying to merge those two worlds together. Yes. And he brought you in to 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 bring it all to life. All of the intersectional things is Jake Penholster. We are also working on um, yeah. Worlds for Change, which is a contest to prototype a new vision for the future. Um, two full scholarships to one of the XR graduate programs at ASU uh, in, in, in Arizona and in LA. So if you know any um, artists, students who are interested in uh, proposing a new vision for a new world and going to grad school to do XR, please share this with them. But and, yeah. And if you don't know, the XR program uh, at ASU is pretty killer. Nani de la Pena, who is you know the, the, the godmother of VR, runs that division here in Los Angeles. And one of the things that I'm kind of proudest of uh, with NoPro is that we have a pretty good hit rate for connecting people from this community to those resources. And it isn't necessarily the person sitting in this room, but it's someone that you know, someone that you know who can take advantage of that, and you're gonna spread the word to them, and they're gonna get into the program. And that's how it works over and over again. And hopefully we get some folks out of this gathering here uh, connected into the ASU program there. Yeah, thank you for being such a connector oh, no, and bridge builder. No, 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 no. I mean, That's like, what will we do without them, you? Not me. So it's so so amazing to to be able to pick your brain about like, oh, let's yeah, let's bring all the participatory practitioners across all disciplines and all industries. And Noah's like, let me send you to fifty people that um, that are doing the exact thing. I mean, what's the point of doing this if, if we don't do that? Uh, that's that's not the only thing. You've, you've got some other stuff coming up. What right am now. I doing? What are you doing? I think you're a couple of weeks in Denver. We got a thing going on. Oh in Denver? yes, like, yes. I think when this drops, which will drop on like November third, I think like the next week, the next week or the week following is when the next thing is. So Noah and I will be tag teaming uh, this 
very easy and casual prompt of defining what immersive is. Just a or simple something. thing uh, just to define for... Who are we doing that for again? I keep forgetting. Uh, at the immersive Immersive, a new gathering at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, really seeking to connect artists with performing arts organizations and presenters to really think through what does it mean to present this work? What does it mean to develop this work? So... Yeah. Yeah. This is something that Charlie Miller uh, and uh, of the Denver Center of Performing Arts Arts Center, and also folks uh, from the Blumenthal uh, Performing Arts Center in North Carolina, along with I mean, AMS Consulting, uh, they put this together. Kind of come together really quickly. There's a bunch of people who are going to be invited to pitch projects there, and they've got at least 25 presenting uh, companies coming through. And what presenting companies are, if you don't know that, if you're not part of the the world that knows what the PMC doesn't stand for private military corporation. It stands for presenting. I actually don't, it's PMC, but Peter, what does PMC stand for again? <laughs> yeah, is it PMC or PC? What is the, what is the acronym? P oh, PAC. I don't know. When Peter was using the acronym the other day, margaritas were involved, so I may have messed this up. I think when Scarlett was using it, margaritas were also involved. What I'm saying is margaritas get involved Lots a of lot these days. PACs, Performing Arts Centers. I thought it was PMC. I really did think it was Performing Media Centers. I think that's what's going to become there. I've changed reality again. Um, so people from the Performing Arts Center world, uh, and these are the folks who present really large-scale projects. Translation, they're the folks with the money. So if you're scheming on projects, this is the world that if you're a theater maker, if you're a performing arts person, that's, you want to get connected into that world. And what's interesting is they're starting to look at what all of you do, the creations you make, as a solution to their problem of connecting with audiences who are getting disconnected from the kind of work that, that, they, that they're geared to make so far. And it's really exciting to see these folks enter this space. I think there's a lot of hunger and revelation field-wide of, oh, let's, let's really engage with participatory forms. Let's engage with decentralized modes of producing, producing in partnership, building new mutually empowering relationships between artists and organizations. And I think it's an exciting moment, especially here in LA, where um, artists as thought leaders and artists as, as, as kind of trailblazers to really define the next chapter of what theater means and ex defining theater expansively. And there's a generational shift going on. You mentioned here in LA, like there's, there's new blood at CTG. There's, there's folks who are really starting to look at, you know, questioning everything that's come before because things aren't working the way they used to. So there's room for new. And that's yes. really exciting. So... Scarlett, anything else you got going on or that the folks here should know about anything? The, the XR scene? Yeah, well, I am also producing this year's Live Arts Exchange Festival, which is a citywide festival happening this month and next at Red Cat, Mocha, Automata, and LA Dance Project. One project I want to plug for this room is Model Killer, which is a noir walkthrough puppetry experience. Wait, wait, about wait, wait, wait. Noir and noir walkthrough for 12 people at a time puppetry experience okay. Okay. We're, we're targeting conspiracy theorist groups as our target audience base for this <laughs> for this experience so please check it out and many other projects at the festival so if you love ARGs you're a conspiracy theorist and if you love puppets you're a normal human being so and if you love noir even better so what was that one called again? Model, Model Killer. Killer. Model Killer. Where is it? Where's that one at? It is happening at Automata in yes. Chinatown. Ah, so good. I was gonna guess. Yeah. It, of course, it's Automata. That's so good. Yeah. Scarlett, thank you for coming out, telling us about thank all you, the Noah. stuff that's coming up, and uh, 
Check out Worlds at Play, check out Worlds for Change, and all, all the rest. All right, that's it for this edition of No Pro Live from The Roguelike. The meetup continues. Get drinks, mingle. If you need introductions to someone, find one of us. We'll help you meet a new friend. Thanks, everybody. again, I want to thank Matt and Chris and John and Scarlett and everyone who came out to the meetup. It was so fantastic to see everyone. Uh, I think we're going to get, in fact, I know we're going to get on a quarterly schedule for these things. Uh, we just, we need to keep the mix going here. We need to keep the momentum building because folks, there's just, there's a lot going on. Uh, our world is constantly evolving and changing and opening up and there's new possibilities and new challenges. Uh, and I'm really excited to just keep on letting you all know what's going on and tying more folks together. Uh, I, I had an interesting conversation with Equity this week. Uh, for those who don't know, that is the uh, the, the, the performing arts union uh, that's for, for actors and stage managers uh, because they've been doing some really interesting organizing uh, in, in spaces that are uh, adjacent to ours and they've sort of changed their paradigm uh, about how they approach organizing, uh, which is very, very, very exciting uh, as we have this sort of resurgent labor movement here in the United States. Um, of course, I've been traveling around and and I did promise that we were going to have some discount codes and some talk about some of uh, the talks I'm, I'm giving. So as you heard in the piece, Scarlett and I are going to be giving the keynotes at the Immersive Immersive, which is coming up in Denver. Uh, that uh, We'll be talking on the 13th. And so if you're there on the 13th and 14th uh, for that event, which is targeted at folks uh, who are in the uh, performing arts center world and for folks who are trying to connect with those people, uh, some number of folks have been selected to pitch uh, and, and will be uh, given time in the actual, you know, lineup to do so. Uh, this is a kind of a, a first of its kind gathering and uh, the the people who have been organizing this uh, have sort of, you know, turned to Scarlett and me to help kind of set the table for what is immersive and kind of everything. We're talk our talk is going to be my, uh, it's a combination of centering the audience and centering the artist. Those are the two halves of the opening talk that we're giving. I'm doing the setting, centering the artist. Uh, sorry, I'm doing the centering the audience part. Scarlett's doing the centering the artist. Oh man. Don't make me switch your talk I'm going to do. Oh my goodness. Um, so that's what's going on there with that. Uh, and uh, early next month, uh, part of the, the turnover here, I'm going to be at uh, LDI at the Las Vegas Convention Center. This is the big, uh, you know, live events industry uh, gearhead festival. Uh, well, well uh, expo, conference, um I'm going to be part of the 
xlive at xldi uh doing the immersive experience roundup uh just kind of bringing the gospel the good uh news about the good word about immersive experiences to the folks in the uh live events gear industry this is something that our relationship with asu has opened up they programmed us into this uh and indeed if you are a live events gearhead and ldi is something you go to or something you might be interested in the conference is november 29th through december 5th i believe i'm talking on the monday in that run which is on on the the back end of the weekend there uh and then uh, the expo is December 3rd through 5th. You can use uh, the promo code SPEAKER23 for 20% off VIP conference and expo hall passes with that code of mine, SPEAKER23. All the speakers got the same code, so they won't know it's me. But, you know, still, nevertheless, if gear is something you're interested in uh and you know go check out ldi you can check out what it's all about in the show notes uh that's really exciting and uh scarlet and i were talking this week i think i will probably be at worlds at play trying to figure out well what would it be that i'm doing so maybe if we can't figure out something for me to do then i wouldn't be going but we'll probably be finding something for me to do um Maybe, maybe I'll be running a tabletop game or something like, I don't know. It's gonna, it's, it's a different thing. We're trying things out. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, hey, what's up with the next stage? Um, you know, when are you going to announce? Well, uh, we will announce when we have the things that we want to announce, which is when we have our venue and our dates to tell you all about. That's when we'll tell you what's going on. Uh, we're working on all that right now. Uh the thing keeps on growing, so it keeps on being tricky uh, to like land this bird. And indeed, we might change format radically in 24 uh, if, uh, if, if some of the things that we're eyeing don't quite work out. But uh, don't worry, we're not going anywhere because it's far too important part of our year in so many ways to do the next stage. Uh, because while all these events that are happening right now are really cool, they're also like laser targeted on like this faction or that faction of immersive. And for us, our goal is always to bring all the designers, all the stakeholders, the presenters, the producers, the distributors, the performers, the writers, everybody under one roof so that everyone can see that we're all in this together and indeed share and learn from each other and create opportunities where there just were no bridges at all. And we've been doing that since the days of the Immersive Design Summit. So we will be up on that soon enough. Don't you worry. I just got to get off the road long enough to write enough emails. Um, it's been it's been wild um, because, as I noted, I'm going to be at Immersive Immersive uh, in a couple of weeks and then uh, come back, I teach, and then I get back on a plane to go out to a friend's wedding that I'm a part of, and so I'll be in Pittsburgh for a few days. I need to contact Brickledge. I keep forgetting that. I hope to go meet with the Brickledge folks while I'm there, uh, who made uh, some of the best uh, immersive stuff I've ever seen, and they're in, they're based out of Pittsburgh. i got to go connect with them. Uh, and then there's, uh, like I mentioned, there's LDI. I'm going to be doing a little trip somewhere right before then. Uh, you'll hear the fruits of that on the podcast so there's like four trips coming up uh and all because people are nice enough uh to fly me out although i'll be driving out to vegas uh my own gas money uh but uh friend of the show chris wessels uh is putting me up uh in his hotel room (laughs) 
<laughs> so still doing this on the cheap, folks. Don't think that I'm suddenly rolling in the money. If I'm suddenly rolling in the money, well, the podcast will just stop. No, that's not true. I'll hire someone else to do the podcast for me. Um, anyway, uh, oh, did the mask slip? Uh, I'm like, it's like, it was a, it was staycation was odd this year. Cause like I stopped to work in the middle of it, like with the class and then like, uh, our dear friend, Tommy Haunton got married and, uh, had this, this huge wedding reception. And so like, it was almost like an industry event, uh, that I went to, uh, as part of it. And I'm, it just saw so many people and I, I was not prepared to see so many people, um, but it was awesome to see so many people and got to see a lot of friends and then just had like a kind of quieter things on birthday, uh, little, little side gatherings with folks. And there's just a bunch of folks that, you know, trying to catch up with here and there. And it's you know that time of the year where you're just sort of, you know, cementing everything. Uh, and on top of that, I got a bunch of travel and trying to avoid getting sick and, uh, try to avoid getting sick when you're teaching. Uh, not, not easy. I'm a little bit worried right now. <laughs> um, but I, but I've had my shots, so uh, hopefully uh, nothing too untoward. Um, gosh, okay, that's that's sort of like the where's Noah and the discount codes and yada yada. Uh, big news in the themes entertainment industry this week. Uh, I'm sure you noted, and I'll put this. I'll put the link because uh, the Theme Park Insider had maybe like the best uh, summary of it all. Um, Six Flags and Cedar Fair. Uh, Six Flags, of course, being like here in Southern California, Magic Mountain, and of course, you know, Six Flags over Texas and all the Six Flags parks and Cedar Fair, uh, being, you know, the, the legendary, uh, Sandusky, uh, park, uh, and then, uh, you know, for here in California, uh, Cedar Fair, uh, owns Great America in, uh, the Bay Area, which is, you know, wrapping up its run because the land's been sold, but also is, uh, the folks who own Knott's Berry Farm, uh, which is, of course, beloved of us home of not scary farm, but also home of ghost town alive. And yeah, they're going to the chapel and going to get merged. Um, and what does that mean for everyone and everything? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't follow the industry so closely that I can tell. I, I don't think here in Southern California, it means any divestment, uh, magic mountain and, uh, knots are distinct enough that the odds of that, I think, are pretty low. Uh, what does it mean for immersive stuff? Well, Ghost Town Alive's been been pretty successful, but we also know that uh, the other iteration of it that they do uh, didn't happen this year. Um, meanwhile, you know, they've been experimenting with uh, alternate Halloween takes, uh, you know, activating immersive, uh, you know, immersive vibes as part of their their Halloween over the the past couple of years. So it's going to be interesting to see. I know that, what was that sound? Um, you know, I think a lot of fans on in theme parks are looking at this. And of course, they're worried about, you know, some of the smaller parks being shut down or cut loose or let go. That's obviously something to be concerned of whenever, whenever there's a uh, whenever. Ooh, okay, I'm losing my ability to speak. Whenever there's a merger, that sort of stuff is definitely justified to be afraid of. I think what could be interesting here is with so many parks and so many big parks under one umbrella, there is a bit of a chance here for the, for this new company to maybe start trying to slug it out with Universal, trying to slug it out with you know, the mouse a little bit here. Uh Universal's got this new strategy of creating these 
you know, there's a brand new park that they're putting together, a new resort situation they're putting together in Texas, but they've also got the Area 15 project uh, where they're going to be having the year-round uh, Halloween Horror Nights uh set up there. I think they announced the title. I've forgotten what the title is already. Uh, I, I'm not working off my notes right now. Um, could this new company, which will be called Six Flags, could they be, you know, thinking about how to crack open markets in different ways? Or is this going to be a pure consolidation move? Or is there going to be some level of innovation as they look at some of these uh, other forces as competitors and think about what they're doing as a whole resort action. I don't know. I'm going to watch it very closely. I think there's opportunity here. Uh, but there is of course also, uh, the chance that, uh, you know, they'll get more conservative in how they do things in the quest for bigger profit margins on smaller and smaller investments. We will have to see. All right. That's it on the show this week. I will be diving a lot more in uh, in the weeks to come on some of these topics. Uh, we're going to be reaching, uh, we're going to have the folks uh, from Equity on the show at a certain point. Uh, we've definitely got, uh, like I mentioned, there's something fun up in Salt Lake City. We're going to be pulling some sound from that. And there's going to be the gift guide episode is coming. And I think next week we've got uh, a review crew special in the can that will be uh, playing for everybody. Uh, and then a gift guide episode will happen while I'm on the road. I'll be flying around the country and then, uh, we come back and do some more. Keep your eye on the website. Oh gosh. Um, right. MailChimp. What's going to happen with MailChimp? I totally forgot about that. Partly because it's something that just happened today. Uh, look, we're going to leave MailChimp. Uh, for those of you on the newsletter, what does this mean? Uh, for the most part, nothing you'll probably get. There'll be like one last kind of email blast out to everybody that says, hey, uh, if you're getting this and you regularly open the newsletter, uh, just know we're switching to a new email service. Uh, the email will still be, will be coming from, you know, this or will be coming and be tied to this account over here. Uh, so just update everything, get ready. Uh, and then we'll shut down the MailChimp because uh, they have been making a lot of changes. Um, that I'm sure are great for people who are using what they're doing, but we're not, we don't use all the stuff. We don't need it all. And, uh, it's getting really expensive. It's, uh, like really, really pricey given what we do with it. Um, so we're going to switch over. I'm not sure exactly, uh, what we're switching over to yet, but I'm leaning towards using ghost right now in part because, um, over the long run, we should also be able to migrate the entire no proscenium website to ghost and then things can get really interesting real fast in terms of uh, creating a more centralized stack of our membership, our newsletter and everything. If you are already signed up for the newsletter and if when we do the transition, you say, yeah, I want to keep getting the newsletter you respond and you know we 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 mail you and, and and get get all the stuff then you're fine you're set there's nothing to worry about when we go through that out of the needle though uh if you're not already signed up for the newsletter uh if you're not signed up uh to uh access it uh or you don't respond when we say hey 
uh, and, and mind you, this will be happening in December because that's when the, the price change happens. Um, if, if you don't respond then, and we'll, we'll probably like reach out like one more time to folks uh, afterwards, uh, we will just set aside the folks uh, because on any of these services, you pay per person that's in your stack uh, that you're, you're mailing. Going forward, particularly because we have not been hitting the numbers we need to hit on membership, uh, on paid membership, uh, getting the newsletter will come in one of a couple of ways, uh, but it will not just be a simple free signup anymore. Um, though the number of free signups will be limited. I'm hoping that we can set it up so that anyone who is a member will be able to have a free member, a free code they can hand out uh, to a friend or that they can donate for people who want to get the newsletter, but can't afford it for whatever reason. So I don't want to turn people away, uh, particularly if you're a student or you're a creator, I don't want to turn you away, but I just got to get smarter about how we do this. And that for a large part means tying it directly to membership as much as possible or creating an alternate path so we can really track it. Uh, because also, you know how these things work. Uh, we actually have an incredible open rate on the newsletter. Like when I tell people like, oh, oh yeah, like our open rates this, they go, what? But given the scale of what we're talking about, it also means there are a lot of people that count against our total who aren't reading the newsletter. So I just can't do it that way anymore because it costs us money. And my landlord wants that money. Uh, silly landlords always wanting your money. So that's what's up with that. Um, if you are an active reader of the newsletter, you really don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> don't worry about it. But if you're someone who's been going like, oh, I should really sign up for it. Sign up for it now, man. Uh, sign up for the newsletter or even better, sign up at the Patreon and you will be a okay. All right. That's enough of that. It was a short episode until I started talking, but what else is new? All right. The associate producer of this podcast is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar of the Podcast, who you heard earlier this episode. You also heard earlier this episode, Siobhan O'Loughlin, who voices our intro. And everything wrong with this show is my fault. I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time, I'll see you at the show.